When you invest money, and let's say it is your $100 and maybe it's $100 a month or $1,200 a year, that is gaining some kind of earnings if you're investing in the market. And so let's say it's 6% and that $1,200 is earning 6% and now you've got the $1,200 plus that, that percentage and then it's growing on that year after year. So it's it's the compounding means you're taking your initial investment plus the growth and then growing on top of that. And so it really adds up so quickly over time. And so many people, and especially about the clients that I talk to, like they surprise themselves. Sometimes when they look at their statement and they're like, oh my gosh, I haven't looked at this in a couple of years. I can't believe how high it is. And because often we, we don't even feel it leaving our paycheck, especially if it's a 401k. And so it's that that concept of out of sight, out of mind, but then also letting the market do its thing and, and letting your money do its thing and and letting that sit aside because time is is so valuable. And and so the sooner you start, the less you have to save over time to, to get that same amount of money. Fierce Lab is a podcast series for women. It's powered by the Tara Wilson Agency, the agency that gets women. It's a space to focus on our whole selves, from mental health to career development to financial intelligence. To be fierce is to be confident, capable, and strong. Fierce Lab offers inspiration, tools, and community. It's where we can explore new ideas and encourage discovery. Here, trying something new is celebrated. No one has it all figured out, but together, we can step fiercely into what's next. On today's episode, I'm joined by Nicole Overcamp. She is a personal financial expert and business coach. We really dig into how women can develop a positive money mindset. We also talk about what it is that holds women back from investing and from taking more ownership of their money. She gives us great tools and resources, everything from Investing 101 all the way through how you can take your investing and your savings to the next level. It's a really informative episode, and I can't wait to hear your thoughts. Shoot me a DM over on Instagram at Fierce Lab and let me know. Welcome, Nicole. Thank you, Tara. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, we are excited to have you. We are going to talk all things women and money and investing. And I am really enthused about this conversation. So let's jump right in. What do you say? I'm excited. Let's go. Okay. So for our listeners who may not be familiar with you and your business, could you just tell us a little bit about your financial coaching business? Like, why did you decide to start coaching women and helping them make financial decisions? Sure. So I actually, so with the two separate companies, one of them, I do financial planning, and then the other is financial coaching. So they're a little bit different. And, and I started Wilcox Financial Group first, and, and that was founded back in 2012. And the reason I did that, or, or one of the many anyways, was I felt like I just needed to do better, needed to do more, and really pre create this space where women could come for financial advice and help and information and not feel like they were going to be intimidated down to 
or be put in an environment where the person sitting across the table from them just doesn't understand, right? Mm -hmm. And I came from a very male-dominated, competitive, large financial firm and and experienced quite a bit myself. And so that's a big part of of why we created Wilcox Financial and and creating a space where investing can be fun, financial planning can be fun, talking Mm -hmm. about insurance can be fun-ish sort of that, you know, Mm -hmm. so really creating a space. And and then money, powerhouse money coaching came a little bit later down the road where I really realized that there's such a gap between where some women are and getting to that level of being ready for financial planning. Mm. So we created money coaching programs where I I like that a lot to boot camp for for your money, right? And and really getting yourself geared up and ready for financial planning, because sometimes it's just overkill. And often we just need to get comfortable with money in general. We need to break down some of the money blocks that we have, or maybe fears or anxiety around money and understand some of the habits and behaviors that we have or have had for our whole lives. And really overcome that so that you're ready to really participate and be disciplined and consistent with money moves moving forward so that you can really build long-term wealth. And so a lot of the money coaching is is truly working on your mindset, getting everything together so that you're prepared to to get to that next level. Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little bit about mindset, because to your point, money and the conversation around money, finances, and investing can be really intimidating for some women. So what are some of the reasons that women tell you they're apprehensive about taking on decision-making for their money? Well, one of the biggest reasons that we hear is that they are just they're afraid of being judged or they have this feeling of shame where they feel they should know more. They should be further ahead because they're making good money. They're successful in their career. Why is it that they don't have their money together? You know, or why is it that their finances aren't perfect? And so a lot of time there's that reservation of just, well, I don't, I don't want to be judged by this. And I'm I'm kind of ashamed that I'm not in a better position. So I'm just going to wait until I'm in a better position to ask for help. Right. And the reality of it is, is when is that going to be? And what does that look like? Are we just telling ourselves an excuse? And I think the other part of that too is, is a lot of women, and and at least what I hear is that they don't really know where to go for help, or they believe that the help they need doesn't exist. And so therefore they, they stay silent. And another thing that, that comes up a lot as well is just the procrastination of it. The absolute fear of not wanting to know. Okay. So I think what goes on in our minds often is, well, if I don't deal with it right now, it's not a problem. Uh (laughs) Right. And so if I just keep stuffing this, right, it'll either go away, it'll fix itself or I'll magically make more money and it won't be a problem, you know? And so it's, it's just not necessarily wanting to hear what we think we're going to hear. And often so many women like work themselves up over it being way worse than it really is or thinking that it's not figure outable when it is and or they're afraid they're going to hear that they can never retire and and that's never the case you know it's it's just that we get so anxious over the unknown anxious over things that we don't really understand and therefore we procrastinate about it or don't take action because we are afraid that it's going to be uncomfortable and and so we hold back yeah 
Well, there's a lot to unpack there. So I want to go back to the first thing you said, which is women are afraid of being judged, that they should know more. They feel they should know more. And so therefore, because they don't, they feel this shame around it. And I want to pause here and talk about why financial intelligence is one of the pillars of Fierce Lab is for this very reason. Because even I was in that position where I felt like everybody else knew more than me. And I was a financial advisor for almost 10 years. And there was shame around what I did and didn't know, what I had and hadn't done with my money. And so I'm glad you bring that up. And I want to put women's minds at ease that this podcast and what we do in Fierce Lab and this conversation today is about bringing education to the subject. So suspend any concerns, any fear, or any shame that you have, and really check in to this podcast. So Nicole, thank you for sharing that. You also talked about that women feel like maybe the help they need doesn't exist. I'd like to know a little bit more about that. Like, what are you seeing women thinking they need and thinking that it doesn't actually exist out there? So what I hear a lot is, well, I don't have any assets or money to invest, so no one will help me. Okay. And the reality of it is, and a huge reason why we do fee-based financial planning or money coaching is that we, you don't need money to invest. We can help you. And we can also help you with a spending plan, with your cash flow, with paying down debt or, or educating you truly on where to invest or where to put your money so it is in alignment with your goals. And depending on previous experiences that women have had with financial advisors or individuals in the finance industry, a lot of the time in our industry, and and you probably even can relate to this, being in the finance industry for 10 years and, and as an advisor, is that a lot of the bigger firms they actually don't do true financial planning or any kind of coaching. They're really just chasing assets, right? Or they're just not equipped with that skill set. And I think the story that we tell ourselves in our head too, we get we work ourselves up into not even knowing what it is, being able to articulate well the kind of help that we need and being afraid to even have that conversation mm. in itself. Yeah. And and that really layers into your comments about that women feel a lot of fear around what they don't know. And then possibly the fear that I'm going to be rejected or look silly or I don't want to admit I don't know this information. So let's let's talk about for the woman who maybe doesn't have a lot of assets right now, right? Is just getting started. And it doesn't matter where she is in her career because you can be pretty seasoned in your career and making really good money and have not put any money aside. So if that's you, (laughs) don't feel bad about it. It happens. It's never too late to start and it's never too early to start. That's a good point. So let's talk about where she starts if she's just now dipping her toe and understanding her money and she's really not even ready to think about investing. What do you coach women on doing at that stage? So if she's not ready to start investing, I think the biggest thing is starting to take a look at and and asking yourself, and, and this is actually something that I would say, whether you're ready to start investing or not, 
take inventory of what you want. Okay. So really think about and write down what are your goals? What is it that you want to achieve so that you are more of aware of the why behind the numbers? Because what happens a lot of time is we say, oh, I want to have a savings of 10K or I want to make X or whatever that is. And we don't know why we want to make it. So we often don't achieve it because we're just not that empowered by it. It's just this thing we tell ourselves. So take inventory of that so that you know at least what it is you're wanting or working toward so that we can then reverse engineer the numbers to figure out how long it can take you to get there and then what to do with your money, right? And sometimes I hear, and, and you may hear this too, is like, well, I don't really have goals. Life is good. That's okay. But, but then think about what you don't want, right? Because when you think about what you don't want, it will immediately come up with an unrealized goal. Sure. So that could be like, I don't want my kids to get to college and they can't afford to pay for it themselves or we're having to go into debt to pay for college. That could be, I don't want to turn up five years from now and we've not taken any significant family vacations. I don't want to be living in this house anymore X number of years down the road, right? Those are some things that women could say, they don't want. Precisely. Yeah. Or I don't want to be completely dependent on my spouse. Mm. So that's, that's another big one. And, and we actually hear that one a lot uh, as far as like a lot of women know that they would like to be single at some point, but they're staying in a relationship that they don't want to be in because they're terrified they can't support themselves or they're terrified that they're not going to be able to figure it out. So that's another one too. But uh, so, so really thinking about what it is that you want and, and women don't always take time to do mm-hmm. that. So right. that's really important. And then if, if you don't, or you're not ready to start investing, what you want to look at is your cash flow. Are you being intentional with your money? Are you putting your money where your goals are? Or are you spending on some things that aren't really in alignment with who you are becoming or what it is that you want. And so that's the first step, because if you start paying attention to where your money is going, how much is coming in and what's going out, I bet that you're spending money on some things that you, A, forgot about, Mm -hmm. B, you don't really like, need, or appreciate, or there's some stuff going on there that is totally based on emotion versus something that you really value. So so that would be next. And, and then taking a look at what the gap is between your absolutely necessary non-negotiable expenses, your income, and then what's left to see if, if you're at that point where you've got adequate emergency reserve savings. And then if you're ready to, to take that next step, whether it's saving for short-term goal and in investments or, or longer-term retirement-based. And, and to your point earlier, when, when you said, you know, you're never too young or you're never too old to start, that's absolutely true. And to start, you don't need a certain amount. It can be a little bit of money. The idea is to just start, right? Because the, the longer you, you kick the can down the road or, or postpone starting, you're making your life harder by giving yourself less time to to save for certain things. Sure. Could you talk a minute about the concept of compound interest and compound investing? Because to your point, and I know I can speak from a place of personal experience, when I was in my 20s, and I always say didn't have two pennies to rub together, 
it felt really hard to put money back, right, into savings and then even further into investing. And I felt defeated before I ever even started because I didn't have a lot. And if I'd known then or comprehended then what I comprehend now, which is even just putting back a hundred bucks a month, 20 years down the line can make a difference. So, and that's because of compounding. Will you speak to that? Absolutely. So there's this actually really great quote that Warren Buffett has, uh, compounding interest is the eighth wonder of the world. Mm -hmm. And the easiest way I can explain it is, is a visual actually of a snowball. So if you were to take a snowball and you compacted this tiny little thing that fit in the palms of your hand and you, you started it at the top of a mountain and you rolled it down the mountain, by the time it got to the end, you'd have this huge ball because along the way, it's picking up more and more snow, but it, it was only from starting from that initial ball or your initial investment. And so when you invest money, and let's say it is your $100 and maybe it's $100 a month or $1,200 a year, that is gaining some kind of earnings if you're investing in the market. And so let's say it's 6%. And that $1,200 is earning 6%. And now you've got the $1,200 plus that, that percentage. And then it's growing on that year after year. So it's, it's it, the compounding means you're taking your initial investment plus the growth and then growing on top of that. And so it really adds up so quickly over time. And so many people, and especially a lot of the clients that I talk to, like they surprise themselves sometimes when they look at their statement and they're like, oh my gosh, I haven't looked at this in a couple of years. I can't believe how high it is. And because often we, we don't even feel it leaving our paycheck, especially if it's a 401k. And so it's that that concept of out of sight, out of mind, but then also letting the market do its thing and, and letting your money do its thing and and letting that sit aside because time is is so valuable. And, and so the sooner you start, the less you have to save over time to, to get that same amount of money. Absolutely. And that is part of a positive money mindset. So before we start really digging into kind of the nuts and bolts of how to get your arms around your money and investing, I want to make sure that we're talking about how women get the right mindset about money and investing. What are your tips there? The first is, I think, to unpack why you, you feel negative about it and get really curious about it because we don't often sit in our own silence and ask ourselves the questions. Mm -hmm. And so the first thing is just realizing, and, and if you don't know, you know, ask for help. You know, this is a, a lot of what, what we help coach for and, and unpack, but if you think about why it is that you feel so uncomfortable around money, is it because you've never had any or is it because you've ever made any bad choices with it or, or whatever it is? Like, why is it that you do have a negative money mindset or maybe a scarcity mindset? And owning that and realizing that is so incredible because the more self-awareness you have with anything, of course, but this especially, it allows you to at least own what your current truth is and gives you the power to change that. And so... After you know, the next thing I would say is, okay, I moving forward know that I am worthy of receiving money, worthy of keeping money, and it's okay to feel that way. Money is a good thing. Wealth is a good thing. And, and setting some positive money mantras for yourself, I think, is really powerful 
And just knowing that it is a positive thing because money doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make you greedy. It, it, it you know, unless you are a greedy bad person, it's just an <laughs> amplified act. But most sure. of us and, and everyone listening, I'm sure, are wonderful people and more money just makes you a wonderful person with more money. And so giving you though more freedom and, and women statistically give more back as well. So the wealth in the hands of more women is only better for this world, right? So, Nicole, do you talk about having mantras for yourself that affirm these things? Can you just share a few that maybe a woman could incorporate? Yes. I think the first is I am worthy of receiving money. And I am, you know, what's another one? I just gave somebody, it's it's very personal to what it is that you want to achieve, actually. And Sometimes if you are someone who spends as soon as you get, you know, I am capable of growing my savings account Mm. and just whatever you're struggling with, like convert it into a very positive, empowering statement. Okay. So, and, and maybe if you're someone who's struggling with asking for what you're worth, maybe you're an entrepreneur out there who, every time you want to increase your prices, you're like a turtle and you get scared back into your shell and you're like, I can't do it. I am worth my value. I'm going to get paid what I'm worth. I am strong and I am going to ask for what I want. Whatever that is, or or whatever it is that is the gap in your your money mindset or your life, you really want to think about how can you make that a really positive statement that you're going to repeat to yourself every single day. It's really powerful and it's helpful because you do have to repeat it every day. And and I would encourage you to say it out loud (laughs) because it becomes more real. Mm-hmm. May I share my personal story here related to money mantras? So yeah. one of my mantras that I say every morning is money and business flow to me with ease. And money and business do flow to me with ease. But one of the things that I noticed relatively recently is that I need to get even more specific about where that money flows. And I <laughs> like money to flow to my business with ease instead of just to me personally with ease, right? Because I run a business and then I have personal account and share money with my spouse. And so, but as I've gotten clear about how I feel about money and how money flows to me, it has gotten easier and I find it more frequently and I'm more comfortable in talking about it and with others about what I need. And I really liked what you said. uh, I am worthy of my value as a business owner. I think that's a really great tip. So thank you for those mantras. I I think they're could be very impactful for a woman that might be working on her mindset around money. Yeah, absolutely. We asked some listeners to share their questions that they have. They specifically wanted to hear from you, Nicole, around your coaching and around your investment guidance. So I'd like to jump into a few of those. Would that be okay? Sure. Okay. So one of our listener asks, my current full-time employer doesn't offer a retirement plan, but I still want to contribute. What do I do? So what you would do is start your own retirement account. And this would be opening up a, either an IRA or a Roth IRA if you qualify, depending on your income. Mm-hmm. And you can contribute to those 
any which way you want. You can do a one-time payment, a monthly a contribution systematically. And so that's a, a really great way to start saving for retirement with similar tax perks, but the contribution limits, of course, aren't as high as a 401k or an employer-sponsored plan, but they are tax-favored. And, and so that would be a great way to start. And second to that is depending on the size of your employer, ask if they're willing to offer one. It can't hurt. I think sometimes we discount how powerful a question can be. And so uh, especially in today's environment where employers are having to get a lot more competitive to retain their employees because there's such an employment shortage. And so it just might not be on their radar or they might not think it's something their employees value. And so I would encourage that individual to ask her employer if they're willing to start a 401k plan for the company. Sure. And let's go back to your recommendation around an IRA and a Roth IRA. Could you just quickly, let's start by breaking down the difference between an IRA and a Roth IRA, just high level overview. Absolutely. So an IRA is going to be a pre-tax savings account, which means if you make 100K and you put 5K into the retirement account, you're going to get taxed as if you earned $95,000 that year. So it reduces your taxable income. In an IRA, it's going to grow tax deferred. So as that money is growing over the years, you're not going to pay any taxes on that growth in the account. But when you take a distribution in retirement, which current law is anytime after 59 and a half, you can take the money out without a, a penalty. When you make that withdrawal, it's going to be taxed as ordinary income, which means whatever income tax bracket you're in at that time, that's what you'll pay on that money. Where a Roth IRA says pay the taxes now, but it's going to grow tax Free. So that same example of earning 100K, putting 5K in, you're still going to pay tax on the full 100K, but that $5,000 is going to grow tax-free and all the earnings and interest that compounds in there will also be tax-free. And then in retirement, when you take the money out, you keep the money, you don't pay any taxes. So it's, it's truly a tremendous account to, to be able to have that value. And so, for example, when you take out $100,000 in retirement and retain $70,000 from an IRA pre-tax, uh, Roth, you'd, you'd retain the whole amount. So it's a really cool tool. There are income phase-outs for Roth IRA, though. So you'll want to be aware of those. They, they change every year, typically for cost of inflation or indexing. And there, there are some loopholes with Roth IRA if you are income phased out of that. However, they are proposing a potential change for that with the, the tax law change next year and into 2022. So it can get a little bit complicated, but, but definitely just ask the questions to your tax advisor or, or pro that you're working with. Or of course, we are always available for, for questions on that stuff. Sure. Well, and I think that you make a really valuable point. And by the way, thank you for clarifying the difference between the two. But ladies, it's okay to ask the question, am I best suited to go into a traditional IRA or am I better suited for a Roth IRA? And somebody that does your taxes could give you some guidance there. You could seek out an advisor like Nicole to give you that guidance. 
But don't be intimidated by the fact that she said, well, the guidelines shift every... Guys, they shift, but they don't shift significantly. You can't go wrong. So you definitely want to step out and try. And a question that I get a lot is, well, where do I even go to set that kind of account up? So they can certainly contact you, Nicole, or someone like you, a financial advisor, But ladies, there are a lot of options for setting those accounts up on your own as well. You can set up a direct account with somebody. I'm just, we're not sponsored, but like a Fidelity, you could set up your own account. So don't feel like you have to have a financial advisor to set these kinds of accounts up for you. It's just a financial advisor will help you walk you through the process, answer your questions, and most importantly, give you guidance. Right, Nicole? That's absolutely right. And the one thing that I, I do want to point out is, is you guys like asking for help makes you badass. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't mean you're weak. It doesn't mean you're incompetent. Like it makes you badass to get the information that you need to level up. So keep that in mind, regardless of the story that you're telling yourself, but, but yeah, you can, you can use an advisor or do it on your own. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's so many accounts that you can go direct, whether it's a fidelity or a Vanguard or a stash or, or whatever it is, just be aware of what you are doing and, and have that education, you know, and, and we actually even created a, an investing 101 course, literally for walking through investing different types of investments and options of the free accounts that you can go open yourself if, if you I want to do it on, on your own adventure. How would the listeners find that investing 101 course? That course is right on our website, actually. So the listeners can go right to powerhousemoney.com. So it's P-O-W-H-E-R. Not Everybody gets that confused. So powerhousemoney.com. And then we have a link right to our courses and it's listed under there. Great. Okay, Nicole, let's move into another question. So we were talking a little bit earlier about getting started investing, but Some of our listeners are talking about, hey, I still have student loan debt, credit card debt. So what should come first? Should I be paying off the debt, she asks, or should I be looking to build my savings and investing? So I first want to just have a little disclosure that everyone's circumstance is absolutely individualized and and custom, and, and this is not direct advice, but what what I will say is it's important to actually do both, okay? You must save at the same time you're paying down debt, okay? Especially if you don't have emergency reserve cushion, okay? And I, I've said this term, emergency reserve, a, a couple of times now. That's having at least three to six months of your expenses in a savings account in cash. The reason that's so important is that if you're super aggressive towards paying down debt and not saving anything and life happens and you don't have cash in the bank to account for that life happening event, like an emergency vet bill or needing new tires or whatever pops up, you're going to have to use a high interest credit card to pay for it. And you're going to go right back to where you started. And that's a super defeating feeling. And mentally it messes with you, right? When you feel like you're working so hard to get ahead and then all of a sudden you're right back to where you started. And so you have to save at the same time. And so it's just coming up with that combination of how much to save versus paying down debt based on your circumstance and and what you have set aside. 
And then also if your employer matches you, if you work for an employer and they have a 401k plan and they match you, I would also encourage you to hands down contribute the minimum at least to that match and get that free money. So if it's a 3% match, put 3% into your 401k. You won't miss it. But my goodness, are you going to be grateful that you did that? Absolutely. Free money. I hope everyone heard that. Free money. employer match is free money. It's yours for the taking. You're leaving money on the table if you don't at least make that contribution. Yes. Mm -hmm. So important. And and as it comes to paying down debt, then you want to just work toward the goal and, and what that looks like. And so for sure, you know, considering getting rid of the credit card debt first, because that's your, your, your worst debt, probably the highest interest rate, the consumer debt. So, so typically the, the credit cards are our number one. And then going from there, your student loan or, or any other fixed loans that, that you have. And with student loans too, depending on what kind of job you have, if you're a public service employee, make sure that you're investigating all the options available out there for potential student loan forgiveness or student loan grants or anything that could be an opportunity out there that you're potentially leaving on the table. So definitely make sure that if that's you dig into some of those opportunities as well. Okay, that's great advice. Thank you for that. Because I know we are in a situation where so many women have student loan debt and it's higher than it's ever been for many women. And so to know that there are options is very valuable. Do you have any resources on your website related to debt reduction? We do. We have a course actually on paying down debt. I think the course is called, I don't even know, Get Out of Debt Quick and Get Rich Bitch, something like that. But the course is on there on the website. And so everybody can access that. And, and it's a really awesome course in, in helping you not only pay down debt and how to pay down debt quickly, but we also offer resources and then how to put together a spend plan. So how much should you be saving versus paying down debt? So that's really important as well in, in, in the guidance there. So if you are someone who says, I just want to tackle this myself, I'm not ready for any kind of coaching quite yet, that course is, is really great for that. Thank you. That's great. That's great. So now I want to shift into a listener question that has to do with, she says she has a checking account and a small savings account. She has her emergency fund set aside, but now she's ready to start investing, but she doesn't know where to start. What's your advice to women that are looking to make this next move? They've gotten that that savings account shored up, they've got their debt pay down and it's time to start investing. How do they even begin? So the going back to the whole goals thing, right? What's the next goal? So if it is you're all set, you don't have anything short-term that you're saving for, for example, maybe buying a home in the next three to five years or a wedding or anything that you would need monies for that, you may want to consider looking at retirement account options like the IRA, the Roth IRA that we spoke about. But first and foremost, make sure you're taking advantage of your employer match. If you have an employer plan through work, I can't stress that enough. Do not leave that that money on the table. So you may want to, to look into that. And depending on how much income you're earning, putting monies into a, a pre-tax 401k or an IRA, depending on circumstance, can help reduce your, your income tax as well, which, which is a benefit. 
So if it's longer term goals, looking into different retirement account options, if you're an entrepreneur, you have a lot more retirement account options. You can do your own 401k or your own retirement account. There's many available there. So a lot of options. It really just depends on your goals, how much money you want to put away, because each one has a, a different limit as to what you can defer and a different tax perk. So definitely ask questions about that. And, and if it's for a shorter term goal or midterm even, so anything to, I don't know, two to 20 years, depending on your age, anything before retirement, you can open up a non-retirement investment account. And so the cool thing about that is it allows you to invest your money and it's flexible and liquid. So you can put as much money in there as you want because there aren't tax perks like a, a retirement account. So there's not limitations. And then you can take it out whenever you want. And you don't need to worry about any kind of early age penalty like you would with a retirement account. So it allows point. you to, to still invest, but you're you're taking advantage of that flexibility. So the difference, of course, is, is you pay taxes on, on any gains, but but that's okay. It's it's most likely still going to average out to be uh, a better option than cash, you yeah. know, especially nowadays. So, Well, I think that's a really great distinction to make is that there are taxable investments, which you were just describing, and then retirement investments, which you described prior to that. And you have to be careful how you decide to use the retirement assets because if you try and tap into them before you're 59 and a half, there is a penalty for getting at that money. So to your point, if some of your investment goals are shorter term, I believe you said between now and the next 20 years. So things like paying for children's college, buying a new home, maybe some other large scale investment, you know, a second property, think a new car, vac- a major vacation, setting yourself up to run a business. You want to make sure that those are in taxable accounts that you can get to without penalty. Is that right? Is that what I'm hearing you say? Correct. Absolutely. Yep. Great. Great. So just be mindful of that when you're setting those types of accounts up. And again, you can get a money coach. You can get a financial advisor. You can spend some time with them asking these questions, even if it's just to set the accounts up. Right, Nicole? They can reach out and work with someone one-on-one for a short amount of time. It's not like this long-term commitment that they're making to a money coach. Absolutely. Yeah. So as you know, putting on my financial advisor cap, of course, we can just set up an investment account. You know, it doesn't mean you have to enroll in any kind of money coaching program or financial planning. It's it's just establishing an investment account. And it's it's a very simple process. Great, great. I have one last question from a listener that I want to make sure we get to. She says, my spouse and I have joint accounts and I want to take my earnings and investments and put them aside for my future, but I'm not sure how to approach this subject. It's a bit sticky between us. So do you have any tips for women on how to talk to their partner about money and about investing, especially if they have different views or it kind of sticky? Oh, yes, it is sticky. It's, you know, it can certainly be an awkward conversation. And so the first thing that I I do want to make mention of is if you plan to stay married or your goal is to stay married, getting on the same page as your spouse 
about money is imperative. I, I cannot stress that enough, you know, in terms of working as a team, as a dynamic duo, there, there's been so many instances of which, you know, unfortunately we, we can just call trouble ahead when, you know, when someone isn't willing to have that conversation because everything that you guys do together, money touches and your future depends on it. And so you really want to work as a dynamic to duo and, and being a team. And it doesn't mean everything needs to be joint and still separate accounts, but you need to be working toward that goal together so that you're also not inadvertently hurting one another. And in starting the conversation is scary because you're not sure how they're going to react or if they're going to even be offended, perhaps, you know, that that can happen too. But what I would ask is what's scarier, avoiding the conversation and having the snowballed resentment blow up down the road or doing it now, you know, eating the frog, so to mm-hmm. speak. And so, and in a lot of, you know, actually what we help with is being that neutral third party to help bridge that compromise or remove the discomfort. You know, I joke all the time with my couples, it's easy for me to give the two of you advice because I don't have to go home and sleep with you, right? Um, the the emotion is removed. In, and I think sometimes there's magic about someone that's not your spouse saying something um, because it's easy to, to steamroll over that. So. So I would either A, enlist help or B, just make a date with your husband, make a money date and say, you know, hey, can we talk about some things? I really want to talk about our goals and, and some things that I have in mind. And, and and there's a chance, you know, they may be more receptive to that. And, and if not, what I have found is that it's important to ask the questions instead of telling, right? So instead of saying, I'm going to do this regardless, or instead of saying we should, right? I think that I've learned anyways through experience and being married myself is it's easier to say, do you feel we're prepared? Do you think this would be a good idea to invest for our future? And really helping them sometimes self-solve into the reality of this, this in fact being a good idea can help make for a much easier conversation. I would certainly encourage that. And and having regular money dates with your spouse is so important. Make it fun, whether you schedule it once a week, once a month, depending on your circumstance and just check in, see where you guys are with your cash flow, see where you are in, in hitting your savings goals or events coming up, big spend things that you have to plan for. If you have kids, I mean, shoot, there's stuff always popping up. <laughs> yes. Just being aware of that can can make life so much easier. Two things came out of that for me. One, I love the prompts that you gave. Do you feel X, Y, Z? Do you think instead of saying, I'm, go- you know, I'm going to do this, we should do this. I love those prompts. Very helpful. And then you mentioned money dates. And I think that's a great idea. And I have friends that annually, they sort of do a strategy session for their household around a variety of topics. And one friend in particular, I know she and her spouse spend time talking about their money goals for the year, and they do a check-in on how they're doing. So, But I love the idea of incorporating in kind of an ongoing money date. That's a great tip, Nicole. Thank you. So this has been a a very beneficial conversation. I mean, lots of tips and suggestions, resources that you've given, like I mentioned, prompts. You also demystified why women feel the way they feel, and you're demystifying our concerns about money. 
thank you for being here. But before I let you go, I have a question that I ask all my guests on the podcast. It's the same question I end every podcast with. And that is, what does the word fierce mean to you? To me, it it means being bold, ambitious, powerful. Every time I, I hear that word, actually, I just picture a lightning bolt. Yeah. I love that. And certainly the information you've shared today will be very impactful to women who are trying to wrap their arms around their money mindset, their savings and investing goals. This has been just incredibly helpful, Nicole. Thank you for spending the time with us today, sharing your insights and your knowledge and telling us more about your business. If you want to find out more about Nicole and what she does and the work that she can do with you, again, her website is powerhousemoney.com. Nicole, thanks for being here. My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening today. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Fierce Lab. If you did, I would appreciate it if you would subscribe and maybe share it with a friend. You can always follow us on Instagram at Fierce Lab.